Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Dental Plus DSO Review Podcast. I'm excited for you to be tuning in to this episode because we've changed up our formatting just a little as we are approaching the end of 2021. We've looked back at some of the top performing episodes that we've recorded this year, and so we've kind of put together a little bit of a collage, pulling specific quotes all connected to the larger theme of evolution in the dental industry and sort of thinking more about practices and DSOs growth over the next few years. So our conversation today will feature quotes that come from Heidi Arndt, who is a dental industry executive, consultant, and former Strive Dental Management CEO. Merritt Dake, who's the chief executive officer of Rock Dental Brands. Barry Lyon, dental director of Dental Care Alliance. And Sarah Sharfstein, the vice president of category development and strategy for Aspen Dental. So we'll start off our conversation here by looking to Barry Lyon. As you are thinking about practices on the individual level or part of a DSO, what are some top strategies that you'd have them think through as they're continuing to grow? Well, I think the the, the success and growth of a dental office depends um, very much on having a positive culture uh, within that office. And that's something I learned uh, working for Dental Care Alliance. You know, positive culture is something that permeates every aspect of the practice, every employee of the practice, and how favorably that practice is viewed by patients. You know, patients are pretty savvy when it comes to sensing harmony within a dental office. They can easily sense that the staff appears disconnected, uh, exhibits, exhibits negative body language, or fails to make eye contact. And considering that many patients enter a dental office is not really wanting to be there in the first place, it doesn't take that long for the bad vibes to come to the surface. So having a positive culture neutralizes those bad vibes, reduces turnover, and it breeds loyalty among the patients and the staff. So for me, it was no accident that the offices of mine that showed the greatest profitability and received the most favorable online reviews were the ones that had the strongest uh, cultures. But um, on a more concrete level, I think uh, developing a successful hygiene program is uh, really essential to a practice's success and growth. You know, a, a practice's value is so closely related to the success of its hygiene program. And whether it's a general practice or a pediatric practice, the hygienists are really the heartbeat of an office. Uh, the most frequently provided service of any dental office is the hygiene service. And most estimates state that it should be about 30% of a practice's revenue. So why not ensure that it gets the attention it deserves? I mean, we all know that many patients will often pick an office more because of the hygienist than the doctors. You know, our hygienists work very hard. They provide essential services, and they're truly the ambassadors of your practice. So their value must not be underestimated. And when you consider that 70 to 80 percent of adult patients have some level of periodontal disease, you know, there are no limits to the positive impact of a well-run, motivated, happy hygiene program can have on a dental practice. Absolutely. Barry, thank you so much for sharing that insight with us. And Heidi, I'll look over to you next and ask, how do you see the dental industry evolving within the next five years or so? Yeah, I'm really excited about the future of dentistry. Uh, First and foremost, I think consolidation is not going to slow down. There is going to be a continue uh, rapid of, um, this will be rapidly increasing over the next five years and more, I believe. 
Um, my prediction is that we're going to see more and more PE investing in dentistry. I do not see that closing or shutting off at any time. Um, but I also think we're going to see some dental groups run an IPO process within the next year, which will be also very interesting and exciting to see. So I think there's a lot on the forefront with that. I also think we're going to see some advances in artificial intelligence. I think this is a really, really hot area right now um, that will continue to rapidly grow um, and support efficiencies in the practice and clinical guidance. AI is really exciting to me, so I look forward to seeing what those advancements look like and, and getting more implementation into the dental groups. And then finally, there's one that's really near and dear to my heart, and it's really the, it's the continual integration of medical dental model. I think you probably saw Pacific Dental Service just launched a new model uh, where they have medical and dental facility under the same roof um, to provide comprehensive and collaborative services to their patients. And it takes me back to thinking about my career at Mayo Clinic, and it was such an amazing experience because there was this power of collaborative healthcare. As a dental hygienist, I worked side by side with the physicians. We looked at the entire patient, not just the mouth or not just another part of the body. We worked together. And I believe that that's the future of healthcare, that's the future of dentistry, is for us all to work together. So I'm excited to see where this medical dental model goes. I'm excited that Pacific Dental Services has taken a step in that direction. And I hope to see that more. It really needs to be our future. That patient first mentality, creating access, and really looking at the entire body of the patient is really where the future is at. I completely agree there, Heidi. I think that medical dental model is going to be increasingly important for us. And I guess, Sarah, I'll look to you now as we're thinking about new experiences for patients. What do you see as the big drivers or things that patients are demanding from dental providers now that maybe differ from the past? Yeah, so we are one of the only, you know, providers or DSOs with a on-site lab at every one of our locations. So we've got about 900 on-site labs and more than 900 lab technicians and a full support team. And we've always been really focused on delivering um, same-day care. And when that patient has a moment of truth and they decide today is the day that they're going to come in um, and, and, you know, do the care that they, uh, that they need, we're able to be there and um, support them. We've got extended hours. We really um, encourage walk-ins. We, we do a lot of things to really drive the convenience and really meet the patient where they are. And so that's no different from what we're looking to do in the clear aligner space. We feel like one of the biggest opportunities is to really deliver care faster than is, is um, traditional in this space. And so we're focused on leveraging 3D printing technology to be able to deliver a you know, starter tray on that day, you know, that day that patient has the moment of truth and they come in and you know, they want to start aligners. We want to be able to deliver that first tray same day. You know, we're kind of calling it tray one, day one, but we want to be able to deliver that tray. We want to get them started with whitening so that when they come back in three weeks, they're already starting to see improvement. They're building that memory muscle around compliance and they feel like their clear aligner experience really got started that first day. For sure. I, you mentioned meeting patients where they are and obviously developing a lot of new tech. I think that's essential. And Merit, for you, as we're thinking here about some of the evolutions going on within the dental industry, are there any specific tips that you might share with emerging leaders? Well, so that, I mean, that question is, um, I obviously have a lot of biases built into how I'll answer that. Um, <laughs> but I think 
for me and, and probably my personality, my biggest piece of advice would be to, you know, take a step back and look at how to build a long-term sustainable business. Um, I think, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in the numbers game of it. And I mean, I'm a CPA, so I would probably uh, be the easiest to be guilty of that. But um, I do think that you're starting to see a lot of people go, hey, I want to partner with somebody who is thinking in that way. Um, there's a lot more people that are not at the end of their career looking to to join DSOs. And so I, I, I would suggest at this point in, in the life cycle that people be a little bit more thoughtful about how they're building a long-term business and not just nece- necessarily a financially driven model, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to do, especially the last 10 years in dentistry. And kind of related to that, I, I've, one thing I always tell people who, you know, are kind of starting up their DSOs and getting going is that no matter if you're buying 100% of the practice or you're you're only buying part of it and they're rolling equity, uh, don't treat deals as you know a widget. You're not you're not selling a building or buying a building. It's still a partnership, uh, no matter how you look at it. That um, I think it's really easy for people to get kind of lost in the the model of how many practices we can buy, but know that every person matters that you're doing a deal with and it's still a partnership and you need to care about that person and their outcome in the situation. Um, so those are kind of the, for me, they're always probably soft things um, that I think are important and are missed uh, frequently, but I do think they're an yeah. important thing about, you know, setting it up right and having people continue to send people to you. Yeah. I like that you said be mindful and it's not just a transaction. There are people involved. I think all that is great advice. I'd like to thank all the different leaders that we've featured in this episode. Again, it's Heidi Arndt, Merritt Dake, Barry Lyon, and Sarah Sharfstein. So glad that we were able to have conversations with all four of these people. And to you, our listeners, we are always grateful for you tuning in and supporting us. So be sure to find more episodes, specifically extended conversations with the folks that we featured in this episode. You can find them linked in the description wherever you're listening, or check us out at beckershospitalreview.com on our podcast page.